Express FM. Supported by Portsmouth College. We are passionately pumping. Begins look forward, work together to create a Portsmouth football club that we can all be proud to be associated with. Pure, unadulterated pumping. It's a massive club, it's a massive opportunity for me. I know this atmosphere is special. I can't wait to see you at Full House and it rocking. Action and reaction. This is Huge Football Club. We're here to be hopefully successful. The infrastructure is changing, so really we want to start pushing forward and making Portsmouth a real force. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's a club with a rich tradition, a rich heritage, but one that has an excellent relationship with its supporters. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate, is Portsmouth. Full steam ahead at the LNER Stadium. Hurst at the near post, looking for Hurst, good defending, loose, Harness is in the net! Portsmouth have found the breakthrough, and Harness is on target yet again! Harness looking for Curtis in the penalty area, Hurst is square, Hurst, there it is! First EFL goal for George Hurst! Hackett is going to take it and send it straight into the wall and have a second go and put it in the back of the net! And that's the cherry on the top, Lincoln nil, Portsmouth 3. Rico Hackett rounded off the perfect Pompey performance in midweek as the Blues saw off Lincoln City to make it eight games unbeaten in all competitions. Danny's at the wheel was the chant from the away end on Tuesday night. The gaffer will be on the show to talk about that win and look ahead to tomorrow's trip to Gillingham. I think it was a good performance. Credit to the players, I thought they executed brilliantly. It's not been easy. We've had lots of injuries, lots of things going against us off the pitch. So credit to the players for how adaptable, how flexible they've been and also for the amount of information that they've had to take on in between the games in order to perform as well as they did. Who steps in for the suspended Sean Raggett tomorrow? Can Pompey extend their unbeaten run to nine? And what do you think the score will be at Priestfield this weekend? All of this and so much more to discuss here on the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and a warm welcome to another episode of the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM. Brought to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South, getting you from A to B across the South Coast with a minimum of fuss. What a show we have in store for you tonight then. I'm joined once again through till 7 o'clock by two Pompey fans to review the Blues' latest result, which of course was an absolute belter away at Lincoln on Tuesday night. Danny Cowley's side are back on the road tomorrow. Gillingham await at the Priestfield Stadium and the three of us will come on to preview that game a little later on. Over the course of the next 60 minutes, we'd appreciate the input of you back home too. Was the midweek win at Lincoln Pompey's best performance of the season so far? Who was your man of the match at Sinsel Bank? And with Sean Raggett suspended this weekend, who replaces him at the back? Get in touch. It's 81400 on the text. Start your messages with the word express. You can send an email in to pompey at expressfm.com, tweet using at expressfm, or go over to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Before we get stuck into tonight's conversation, let's revisit that incredible away day on Tuesday night. Pompey made the long trip to Lincolnshire off the back of seven unbeaten in all competitions and four consecutive victories and then tended on leaving with both records still intact. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shooting! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He's gone! This is... You wouldn't believe it! Pompey Live. We're underway. Portsmouth going from right to left in this first 45-minute period with delivery. Loose ball in the penalty area. The shot blocked on the line. And Lincoln somehow get it clear. Great chance for Ogilvy. Ball chipped forward towards Sorensen. Lovely touch on Sorensen. And a chance in the area for Draper. But Freeman came across with the covering challenge through to the Zunu now now. Curtis looking for Romeo in the penalty area. Hurst at the near post. Looking for Hurst. Good defending. Loose. Harness is in the net. Portsmouth have found the breakthrough. And Harness is on target yet again. A ricochet fell to him. And he dispatched it into the bottom corner on the stroke of half-time. Lincoln City nil. Portsmouth one. Romeo outside the area. Will he have a shot? He will. And it hit the post. I think has got a fingertip to it. Romeo inches away from making making it 2-0 and inches away from a first Portsmouth goal, it's still 1-0. Harness looking for Curtis in the penalty area. Curtis, Hurst is square, Hurst, there it is! First EFL goal for George Hurst and he celebrates with the Portsmouth fans and just as Lincoln were getting a foothold in the game, 
Pompey hit them with the sucker punch at the other end. Lincoln nil, Portman two. He's going to take it and send it straight into the wall and have a second go and put it in the back of the net. It wasn't the best of free kicks from Rikic, but he's drilled it past the goalkeeper. And that's the cherry on the top, Lincoln nil, Portsmouth three. You booze at the final whistle here at Sintelbank because Portsmouth have oh, beaten Lincoln City with a referee, three look. goals to nil. Every second of the action is right here. This is 93.7 Express FM. Pompey Live. I believe they call that by the technical definition, absolute scenes on toast. The Triple H threat of Harness, Hurst and Hackett all on target in midweek as Pompey claimed yet another league win. That is now five victories on the bounce, both in league and cup and eight unbeaten too. We had a full fixture list in League One on Tuesday night. AFC Wimbledon were three two winners at home to Crewe. Burton Albion thrashed Accrington 4-0 at the Pirelli Stadium. Elsewhere Cambridge and Wigan played out a two-all draw. Tomorrow's opponents, Gillingham were defeated 2-0 at home by Cheltenham. It finished Ipswich 0, Rotherham 2 at Portman Road. Morecambe held Charlton to a Desmond 2-2 the final score at the Mazuma Stadium. Oxford beat Fleetwood by three goals to one. League leaders Plymouth, they suffered a heavy defeat 3-0 to Wickham on home turf. Sheffield Wednesday came from behind to beat MK Dons 2-1 at Hillsborough. Shrewsbury and Sunderland shared for points in a one-all draw and Bolton were 3-0 winners at home to Doncaster Rovers. Those results then have made a bit of an impact on the League One table. Plymouth have surrendered top spot to Rotherham who lead the way with Wickham in second. Argyle dropped down to third with Wigan, Sheffield Wednesday and Sunderland making up the rest of the top six. Pompey remain ninth and now just three points off the playoffs. The bottom four remain Shrewsbury, Fleetwood, Doncaster and Crew Alexandra. OK, then, let's welcome in my two guests for tonight's conversation. First of all, a very good evening and a warm welcome back to the show, Alex Fletcher. Alex, great to have you on with us again, mate. Hi, Jake. Thanks for having me. And joining Alex this evening, we have Mr. Reese Harding. Likewise, Reese, thank you for calling in tonight. Thank you for having me in. So, Alex, we'll start off with you then. Tuesday night, away to Lincoln City. Pompey making it eight games unbeaten in all competitions. What a turnaround and what a response to that 4-0 defeat at home to Ipswich last month. Yeah, um, I took a few of my uni friends to their first ever Pompey games. In, on for, for two of them, it's their first ever game. Um, and I was quite nervous on the way up because I wanted to see a really good performance and Pompey just absolutely excelled. The former at the moment is electric and it just seems now there's a there's a much better balance in the team. We, we look so much more like a unit. We look like we really want to strive for each other. We look like we know each other's games and long may it continue. I'm very looking looking forward to the game tomorrow. Uh, hopefully we can make it uh, before league wins on the spin uh, if we um, if we win tomorrow. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's just a fantastic performance all round. We, we just look such the better side as we should. We, sh- and we do look like a side now that can challenge for that top six. So it's a, it's very exciting. Yeah, and Marcus Harness, Reese, with his eighth goal in twelve games for Pompey. We spoke about it on Monday night before the game at Lincoln. What a player he's been this season, and and quite obviously the man on form within this Pompey team right now. The whole team, you could also argue, are on for, on form. But one man in particular, Marcus Harness, pulling all the strings and another goal to add to his tally on Tuesday night. Oh, a hundred percent. He has been. Absolutely on, you know, firing for us this season. And, you know, he's been the one that has been sort of saving some of our matches, you know, um, in a sense that actually he's he's been that player that we've looked to for goals when other players may not have had the goals in them. Um, and I think if we can get more goals in the team and we can get maybe Ronan and, and Hurst getting more goals and, and we really get that attack firing, because it's great having Harness in the goals. You know, he's been he's been amazing this season. But if we can get them all going, then hopefully um, it will aid in our push up the table. But, you know, he's been fantastic. Yeah. So that's the, uh, the first goal in the first half, Alex. The second goal coming in the second half, uh, George Hurst <coughs> doubling Pompey's lead. Rounded off a really, really nicely put together attack. Uh, the ball fizzed in uh, from the right-hand side, I believe from Ronan Curtis playing it in the middle. George Hurst was there to, to I wouldn't say easily tap it in. He, he had a 
he was surrounded by a defender. He had quite a bit of work to do to actually reach the ball in the first place. But it was a tidy finish and George Hurst getting his first league goal for Pompey of this season. Of course, scoring in the EFL Trophy a couple of weeks back. Um, George Hurst, a, a, a player, Alex, you just can't really drop at the moment. No, I mean, uh, he's made me eat my words. I was I was quite a harsh critic of him earlier in the season. We saw him in a couple of uh, EFL trophy games, but he was absolutely immense on Tuesday. And, and no matter how, it wasn't an easy finish, as you say, but no matter the ease of the finish, he deserved a goal because uh, in the first half, I think he, he did a run where he beat about four players at once. And in the end, it was the goalkeeper that, that only kept it out of the net. He was, he was immense. He looked... Like he, yeah, technically, he's looking like he's improving every week. He's starting to lay the ball off, hold it up really well. Mm. Uh, full credit to his goal, and he, he enjoyed it so much. I was right at the back, back behind that goal, and he came over straight to the fans to celebrate it, um, who were really, really obviously appreciative of, it, of his efforts. So um, it's it's great to see a player like that who, who clearly sort of runs off confidence. He, he, he really tried for the team, and I was very, very happy and very pleased that he was able to get a goal. But another brilliant move, it was Harness Curtis, then Hurst. Yeah, as a front three, you can't ask for more than that. No, you can't. And uh, Reese, uh, John Mark was hearing from uh, Danny Cowley earlier today, released by the uh, by the, the club's statement in the preview of tomorrow's match. We, we'll come on to discuss that game a little later in the show. But John Mark was um, unlikely to be available for Danny Cowley. He's been struggling with a tendon problem, but. Again, if we're being completely honest with the form that George Hurst is on, not just in terms of the goals, but he's been scoring. He's only really up and running for you know his league campaign, but in terms of the way he holds up the ball, he you know he holds off the defenders. He, he's got that kind of hold up play that Pompey have been lacking from a striker probably over the last two or three campaigns. So, even if John Marquis had returned this weekend, could you see him coming back into the side? Um, I well with with Hurst with Hurst. Uh situation how he's improved i think i just think it's great that if you know however long marcus is out more um whenever he comes back he's it's great that we have now another striker who he's looking like he's coming into his game because back i think he got subbed on against Charlton. i think it was and i just remember he just wasn't i thought Hurst didn't put in that uh, same energy that marcus had on the pitch uh which is why i was worried that if Marcus maybe wasn't scoring as much, then would we have another striker who could actually, you know, score the goals? But now Hurst, since about Wickham, has really come into his game. So actually, if we was to start, you know, Hurst uh, tomorrow, um, these last few games that he's had, he's been really, really pivotal for us, I think, yeah. um, in his all-round play. So, yeah, um, even if Marcus wasn't to start and he was to have those issues, I now have, I have a lot more trust now in... George Hurst, that you can actually uh, uh, get goals or, or try and get more goals for the team. Yeah. Uh, Linda Mail of the emails has got in touch tonight, says, uh, let's hope we can keep our run going and Danny Carley can solve the problem due to Sean Raggett's ban. It is good our front players and our scoring goals, especially Harness and also Hurst and Hackett popping in as well. If Marquis was fit to play, would you change the front players or leave it? I think I just asked that question to Reese, but I'll, I'll throw it again to, to Alex. Really the same question, Alex, uh, put to you there by Linda instead. If Marcus was fit this weekend, would you would you change things up or do you not change a winning side, especially with George Hurst scoring in midweek? Yeah, simple answer is no. You you don't change yeah. a winning formula. Um, I and it's not even so much just a winning formula. You look at the way that Hurst plays and the way that he brings other players into into the game. Marquis is all about goals. As much as Hurst is a striker, he's going to want to score. Marquis is all about getting goals. So when he doesn't score, he comes in for criticism. The thing is with Hurst is that he brings the game together so much more completely in that front line. If you're Harness or Curtis, who are both in great form, Harness in particular, uh, in terms of goal scoring, they're going to want to play with Hurst. They're going to want to play with him because that he brings them into the into the game. It allows Harness to have a more central role. I think we played Curtis um, alongside Hurst on, on Tuesday, and that worked really well. So, no, you can't change it. There's, there's no conceivable way that reason for as to why you would change it if Marcus was fit. I think Marcus perhaps felt a little bit complacent um, when he was when he was the striker for the team, so there's some good competition there now for him, and I think he's certainly got to prove his worth to be able to get back into the team. Yeah. But with a formation change to up front, could you see them playing together potentially? Certainly, an, an, an avenue for Danny Carley to explore in the future. Reese, but talking about the third goal for Pompey in midweek, the 89th minute, Rico Hackett standing over a free kick towards the uh, the Stacey West end, uh, stand at Lincoln, uh, the away end. Well, not a great free kick, 
don't get me wrong, wasn't quite Burton-esque of a one that went into the top bins at the Pirelli Stadium early this season. But it hit the wall, ricocheted back uh, to the perfect position for Rico Hackett to strike it low and hard. I don't really think Rico Hackett expected it to go in, but it did. He just went for it. You, you, if you don't buy a ticket, you don't win the raffle, is the old cliche. He brought a ticket, he won that raffle. Exactly. And uh, yeah, I was stood behind the goal on both that Burton uh, free kick and uh, at Lincoln. And I tell you what, that Burton free kick was lovely. Oh, yeah. But there was that, we thought, oh, could he replicate it again? Um, and he couldn't. But that's, that, that second chance he had at that ball and that finish was just, it put the cherry on the cake. Uh, for the game because it was an, an I would say it's our best uh, performance this season. Um, just some, some great finishes. Uh, not only that, but just the overall performance. We dominated the game. I mean, there was probably a five-minute spell in the game, but that goal right at the end just put the game to bed and it was a lovely finish. So it's just nice to go into the next game off the back of that. And uh, it, I think we're riding on a... Uh, on a confident high at the moment because yeah it's it's just nice to win comfortably yeah can you get on board with that as well alex was that pompey's best performance of the season on tuesday night i certainly think so 100 100 um we obviously had the four nil win against sunderland which was fantastic but that's a little bit you know, sort of rests in its own category because of the conditions that day in terms of a complete performance in terms of i didn't think i could look at the team and say that there wasn't one player that gave their all played really well showed quality showed desire in every aspect of the game. So I think overall, if you look at a complete performance, that's what it was. And that's what you want to replicate as the season goes on. You know, we, we changed the formation. I was a little bit concerned. I must be said when the formation was changed again, the three at the back hasn't always worked, but it was covering injuries. And in the end, everybody did their jobs so well. I have to give a shout out again to Romeo. We talk about him all the time, but he was yeah. absolutely immense um, in that, in that wing back role. So yeah, without a doubt, the best performance of the season, it should be a really positive springboards considering the way that we played uh, going into Saturday yeah okay then stick with us here on Express FM because after the break the three of us will continue to pick apart Tuesday's performance at Sinsel Bank and we'll also move on to preview tomorrow's league encounter at Priestfield we'll also hear the pre-match thoughts of Danny Cowley who talks about how he plans to overcome the ongoing difficulties at the back with Sean Raggett suspended for the trip to Gillingham We've had problem after problem defensively in terms of either injury or unavailability. This is what it is. No excuses. We've been very good in recent weeks in, in finding solutions and we're going to have to work really hard between now and then to find the right solution and organise the team as best as we can so that we can compete against what will be a very committed, physical and direct Gillingham team. Don't go anywhere and join us again when the Football Hour returns here on Express FM. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back to the show, which is brought to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Why not save time when boarding and buy your ticket in advance on the Stagecoach app? You can download that today from both the Apple app and Google Play stores. I'm joined this evening live by Alex Fletcher and Reese Harding to preview tomorrow's trip to Priestfield Stadium, Pompey's 20th league match of the season. They'll be looking to make it nine games unbeaten in all competitions. We'll come on to preview this weekend's game in uh, just a few moments' time, but we've still got a little bit of talking to do in regards to Tuesday's 3-0 victory away at Lincoln City. Reese Harding, you were at the game in midweek. Great atmosphere from that away end. Um, we've already mentioned uh, arguably Pompey's best performance of the season, but why is it whenever we go to Sinsel Bank we always get such a fantastic performance every single time. Mm. I mean, it's just one of those places that we go that um, seems to bring out the best in us. Um, that was actually my first trip to Lincoln, so I'm glad that <laughs> we didn't. It wasn't like a loft or anything, <laughs> because uh, I wouldn't have wanted to break the uh, the good streak we have there. But um, Lincoln have have always had good fans, and uh, they their home end. Uh, is always making like great noise every time I yeah. see videos of them or uh, even at the ground, you know, they have that, that one uh, stand to the right. It's always uh, got a good uh, atmosphere going on it. So, that, you know, they do have great fans and, and uh, the, the, the ground itself is great. And they're, they're a great team. And they're a, um, they're a team that have definitely, you know, cemented their place in the league over recent years since they've come up. Um, but Unfortunately for them, we are just 
we're just a team that they sadly can't uh, get the better again. So, and hopefully that continues. And like I said earlier, it, it gives us great confidence going into uh, tomorrow's game against Gillian, who have in the past been a bit of a bogey team for us. <laughs> Uh, Bank certainly a happy hunting ground for Pompey, Alex. In terms of away wins this season, that was only Pompey's third after defeating Fleetwood on the opening day and, of course, Wickham in the away match previous. So not the best of away records this season, but going into tomorrow's game at Priestfield, Pompey will, as Reese mentioned there, have the confidence. They've won their last two away games, eight unbeaten, five wins in a row in all competitions. Coming it up against a really poor Gillingham side, is is this something that's going to play in the minds of this Pompey squad? That you know the expectation is there to get three points and nothing less, especially when you take into consideration that Gillingham are a bit of a bogey side. You just said it there, Jake. I mean, I know our away form has been poor, but like I said, the last two away games in the league have been have been wins and they've been very good performances to go with those victories. So I think the players they'll be they'll be feeling confident, they'll be feeling happy. I don't think the uh, surroundings were playing on their mind. Gillingham, yeah, it is a bit of a, a tough place for us to go. We've not had a brilliant record there in recent years. But we can't play on that. We're a brand new team. We've got a brand new manager. I don't think Danny Cowley's managed us at Gillingham. So it's a brand new start for us in many respects going there. Uh, they're in they're in pretty poor form at the moment. I can see uh, Steve Evans coming out this week already trying to get the excuses in before the ball's even been kicked. So, you know, we should go there with all the confidence and all the momentum. And... Um, yeah, I'd like to see a positive 2-0 win. Another clean sheet would be fantastic. It'd be interesting to see how Cowley deploys the, the defensive unit uh, without Raggett. But, yeah, I mean, there should be nothing but confidence going into this game whatsoever. And the fact that we haven't maybe won there recently or whatever, that won't be playing on the players' minds at all. They're going to be focused on the job and uh, they should feel confident in what they can do. Yeah. Pompey went into Tuesday night's game, Reese having to make a few changes, three changes Danny Cowley had to make overall, uh, with Lee Brown suspended, picking up, picking up his fifth yellow card of the season at home to Wimbledon for previous Saturday. And it looked to me that both Marlon Romeo, Rico Hackett playing as sort of wing-backs with Kieran Freeman, Sean Raggett and Conor Ogilvy as the three centre-backs. Hurst and Curtis up top, that kind of rotated as the game went on. But in terms of the defensive situation, before we talk about tomorrow... Going back to Tuesday night, did you think that, well, did it work? We kept a clean sheet, we won 3-0. Obviously it worked. But were you impressed with what you saw in midweek from the likes of Rico Hackett, Marlon Romeo, Kieran Freeman being deployed as a centre-back? Definitely. Um, I mean, I was most impressed with uh, Hackett. Obviously, it is this sort of position he had to just sort of pick up, um, obviously, for the the one game. Um, but I thought he did very well. Um, and I think the rest of the defence did well to support him as well, um, which is why it gives me confidence that actually with Raggett out, if Brown was to then come back in, um, it depending on the options we have, if we were to keep it uh, a back five and perhaps bring, I don't know, Williams or, 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 or whatever the, the, the choice that Cowley goes with uh, there, um, it gives me confidence that actually the defence will maintain its um, will maintain its standards because yeah. despite the fact we didn't have uh, Brown in um, and we played obviously Hackett there, I thought the defence just is still played uh, very well and actually going into tomorrow, I wouldn't be surprised if we did keep another clean sheet because once again, it's not like Gillingham is one of these top sides that who are going to constantly trouble our defence, or I hope they won't be. <laughs> um, so actually, if it was, even if it is a bit of, instead of makeshift, a bit of a makeshift uh, defence, then uh, hopefully, it, you know, it, it maintains itself and it does well. Yeah, Marlon Romeo got a brief mention in the previous part of a show, Alex. What a player he's been this season. What a signing um, on loan from Millwall, of course. Another great shift on Tuesday night. What did you make of his performance? Oh, it was absolutely exceptional. Uh, he's showing himself to be a versatile player. He's got quality on the ball. He can... You know, he can pick a pass, he can he can sort of drive forward, but he's also got real strength as well. He's really to do the the, the more gritty side of the game in terms of tackling, in terms of pressing. He is is the really is the complete fullback, and I I must admit I must question. I don't know who Mill will have in their fullback positions, but I must question why they've allowed him out on loan because he is showing himself 
to be a really, really good find from the recruitment team. Um, and I think, to be fair, I think um, Reese mentioned it as well. He talked about Hackett on the, on the other side. I looked at it and think you think Romeo is perhaps a bit more of a defensive wing back and Hackett's a bit more of an attacking wing back, but they both did both superbly. Mm. And that just shows the real versatility they've got, particularly, as I say, with Romeo, he, he can do so much. Uh, in terms of the back four on, or the back five or whatever it is on a Saturday, if he's there and he's playing at fullback at wingback, I've got complete confidence he's going to put in a good performance. Yeah. So that is one assurance we can take, despite the fact that there are a little bit of, we're not quite sure of how it's, uh, how it's going to play out tomorrow. Speaking of players that are just absolutely mustard, Reese, how, yeah. how on earth have, have Pompey managed to sign Joe Morrell? Especially for a oh. reported figure of, what, £100,000? An incredible signing, such a coup for this football club. I don't think he's put a wrong at all, uh, a foot wrong at all this season, has he? No, he's been he has been absolutely standout. I mean, what was it? I think against Wimbledon, he didn't start, but he came on um, and he completely changed the game. And that I think he was one of the reasons why we managed to turn that game around because he just brings so much control and so much uh, well, just quality and uh, uh, composure. He he brings the ball down well. He looks around for his options, and he, he he's just he controls and he runs that midfield in the middle of the park. And I tell you what, like he he, he is just. I think some players are slowly like, beginning to shine through, he, yeah. but he is already shining. Um, and if he continues playing that way, um, then I reckon he uh, is going to be our, our our best player, or yeah. one of our best players. Joe Morrell, part of that midfield in midweek, then Alex. And it's not just the defence that Danny Carley's had to shake up recently, but the midfield as well. Of course, Joe Morrell uh, returning from international duty, coming off the bench last Saturday to play the final 35 minutes against Wimbledon. But because of that international break and Pompey unable to call off their game at Wickham, it allowed Louis Thompson to come into the frame. A player I think many Pompey fans had down as just being a squad player this season there as kind of back up to the likes of Joe Morrell, uh, Ryan Tinycliffe and Sean Williams as well. Sean Williams hitting a little bit of a dip in form in previous weeks. But now you can kind of see that all of these players with competition and you know places really at stake and you can't really go into any sort of game dead certain of who's actually going to start in midfield. Do you think that's actually helping to reinvigorate all of their seasons and actually kind of push them to just perform that extra little bit better? Because even with Sean Williams coming in the last couple of matches, I think he's had just something a bit more about his game than we probably saw in the previous few weeks where he was essentially unchallenged. 100%. And I think the competition that competition is the key word. Uh, we said we're not going to be sure of who's going to be starting in the middle every game. Well, I'm not even sure if they will either. Not, neither, let's say, if you take those four, none of their names are nailed onto the team sheet when they when it when it comes out. Okay, you look at Morel; he'll feel pretty confident of starting tomorrow because of his performances. Um, but then between Williams and Thompson, that's that's certainly a that's certainly a a, a really com- competitive position. The likes of Tony Cliff had a good start to the season; he's now had a bit of a dip in form. But you could easily see him decide to back up his ideas a little bit and and then push forward and try to regain his place. There's there's so much and competition's always fantastic. Um as long as they're giving everything they're driving, I've seen such improvement in Morel. He's been fantastic. You know, he started maybe a bit slowly, but he's really come into his own now. Thompson, I think he's brilliant. He's dri- he drives forward. He perhaps does the the dirty work a little bit more than Morel does. Morel's got a little bit more quality, but more of a flair player perhaps. But whoever you've got in there, as long as they're working hard and, and, and doing what they can for the shirt, because that's the reality of those kind of positions and the way we play, then that's that's always going to be a positive thing. But the competition is brilliant and um, long may it continue, I say. And speaking of Joe Morel, uh, off a bit of a tangent in terms of the Pompey discussion uh, this evening, but earlier today, the draw for the European World Cup 2022 playoff uh, was made. And of course, Scotland and Wales both included within these playoffs and both both countries, both nations are just two matches away from reaching Qatar next winter. Well, the pathways uh, have been drawn. They're quite interesting. We'll start off with pathway A. Scotland will play Ukraine in the first semi-final. They'll play the winner of the second semi-final, which will be Wales against Austria. So there is a potential there, lads, for Wales and Scotland to come up against one another in the final for a place at next year's World Cup, which is just 
phenomenal. And uh, yeah, in terms of uh, the home nations, in terms of Joe Morrell, that's going to be a huge game if that is to if that is to happen. Nonetheless, it's going to be uh, a very important pathway for both those nations. The other pathways, path B, Russia versus Poland, Sweden versus Czech Republic, nothing too interesting there. But pathway number uh, pathway number C, it's a letter C. Italy playing North Macedonia and Portugal against Turkey, which means that only one of Italy and Portugal, the previous two winners of the Euros, will make it through to Qatar. Potentially, neither of them will get to the World Cup. So, yeah, some very interesting developments there. Hopefully, Alex, neither Italy or Portugal will get through to the World Cup. That'd be uh, that'd be quite favourable from an England perspective, I think. That would be fantastic. Yeah, I mean, best of luck, obviously, to both Wales and Scotland mm. in their games. Um, yeah, I mean, Italy, obviously, um, barring perhaps uh, our rivalry with Scotland, I, I can't stand Italy one bit now after what happened in no. the Euros in the summer. They no. broke my heart completely. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, from a com- competitive point of view, it would be fantastic if, I, if, if both of those didn't get through because we're looking stronger as a team and we'll have our eyes on the World Cup a little, uh, I think. So, yeah, yeah, long way to continue, as I say. In terms of England's revenge towards the Italians, Reese, <laughs> would you rather Italy not even qualify for the World Cup? If, if you had the two scenarios, would you rather Italy not even qualify or would you rather England to beat them in the final at Qatar next year? Which would be more satisfying to you? Oh, well, <laughs> for England to beat them in Qatar in the final, England have to get to the final. And for them to get to the final of a World Cup, I would absolutely take. And if it means beating them, uh, that would be top tier. So I would say if if we had the option, England to beat Italy in the final. But it is uh, it is funny how, uh, isn't, it, isn't there like a curse in like the World Cup? And I don't know if it goes to yeah. the Euros, where if you win the... World Cup, you don't qualify for the next one. And I guess it sort of works here where Italy have won the Euros, mm-hmm. but they potentially might not even qualify for the World Cup. And I mean, they didn't uh, qualify, I think it was 2018, right? They didn't get it. Um, or or one, I don't know, one of the most recent ones. But uh, yeah, so if I had the option, I would uh, beat them in the final. But I don't know, will they actually make it? I think we'd be reaching. Yeah, I think we'd be reaching uh, Kevin Keegan levels of excitement if we were to get uh, <laughs> Italy in the final. I'd love it if we beat them. Love it. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right then. Continue getting those text tweets and emails into us, Pompey fans. Get in touch with whatever you want to get off your chest, albeit a thought on Tuesday's performance or even a score prediction for tomorrow. Do not be shy. All the usual ways. Eight one four hundred is our text number. Start those with the word Express. You can email Pompey at expressfm.com. Include at expressfm on Twitter. Or you can visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. As we move on now to preview Pompey's next game, let's take a listen to the pre match interview held with Danny Cowley at the Blues training ground yesterday afternoon. Ollie Marsh caught up with the gaffer ahead of tomorrow's trip to Gillingham. Well, Danny, obviously on a great run of form at the moment. How do you keep this momentum going? Well, I think by keeping very level headed, not getting ahead of ourselves, and, and continuing to work hard. And obviously keeping level-headed, but you have to have to say that Lincoln was a, a big win, probably one of your best performances of the season. Yeah, I, I think it was a good performance. Like, like I said after the game, credit to the players. I thought they um, they, they executed brilliantly. Um, it's not been easy. We've had lots of injuries, lots of things going against us off the pitch. I think that was our, our third formation change in three games. Um, so I went. I think we went from a diamond to to a four four two on Saturday against Wimbledon, and then on Tuesday we we went back to the the three five two um, because we'd obviously um, lost Lee Brown to suspension. So now credit credit to the players for for how adaptable, how flexible they've been, um, and also for the amount of information that they've had to take on um, in between the games in order to perform as well as they did. And the latest challenge for Saturday is Sean Raggett being suspended for the same reason Lee Brown was, five yellow cards. Yeah, this is it. Not easy. Um, We've had had problem after problem defensively in terms of either injury or unavailability. Um, This is what it is. No excuses. We've been very good in in recent weeks in in finding solutions and um, we're going to have to work really hard between now and then to find the right solution and organise the team as best as we can so that we can compete against what will be a very committed, physical and direct Gillingham team. Yeah, what do you make of Gillingham? They're obviously only one point above the relegation zone but they've had their injury and suspension troubles as well. 
Yeah, I think so. It's a very tough league, isn't it? There's very little between all of the teams, as we've seen in the, in the first 19 games of the season. Um, you know that when you, you play Gillingham and particularly Steve Evans' team, that you are going to um, see a team that will be very motivated, that will be um, committed, physical, direct, that will work relentlessly hard. And you have to match them in all of those areas if, if you want to get on the right side of the result. And we've seen from your past few away games, Wickham and Lincoln in particular, you're not afraid to travel to places and get the game played on your own terms. Well, no, this is it. I think if you want to be a successful team, you've got to be able to find different ways of winning, both at home and, and also away from home. Um, and I think, you know, in our recent performances have shown a real humility. I think we've shown a real fight and a real determination and, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a spirit that is growing by the day. And these are all good signs and, and we need to make sure that we pack all those ingredients so that we can perform well on Saturday. Blues head coach Danny Cowley speaking there to look ahead to this weekend's match away to Gillingham. But he'll be without Sean Raggett, Alex, who picked up his fifth yellow card of the season on Tuesday night. Unfortunate, especially taking into consideration that the yellow cards actually got wiped after that game. So it was wiped? The yellow card was, was wiped? So, so after the Lincoln game, any yellow cards picked up in the opening 19 matches of the season, they get wiped. So oh, see. if you right. if you it were to get your, so if Sean Raggett was to survive Tuesday night without yeah. picking up that yellow card, if he got one tomorrow, for example, at Gillingham, yeah. if that would have been a, is his fifth, he wouldn't have had to serve a suspension oh, that's, because that's, that, that's, that's the card really point. frustrating. Yeah, it was because it wasn't a yellow card. I think Danny no. Cowley came out and said afterwards it was a it was his first challenge. Okay, it was probably a foul, but in no way was it a yellow card. But no, that's that's we can't complain now. We've got to deal with it. We've got plenty of options at the back. Like it was Callie's just said there, we've we've made so many changes in in the formation, but in recent weeks it has worked. Yeah. Um so it's gonna be a case of certain other players stepping up to the plate. We will miss Raggett. He was captain for been a captain for a couple of games this season. He is one of our main centre halves now, but Listen, I mean, Gillingham aren't in great form. You, you hope this would be the sort of game where if we were going to have some defensive issues, uh, perhaps we would, maybe wouldn't be as punished yeah. if we were playing a, a good team, that kind of things. I mean, that's the hope. But there's plenty of players to come in and perhaps not necessarily natural centre-backs, but we can we can create we can create a, a good back line. I think, I, think, I think we'll be fine. Yeah. As long as we just keep our heads, keep our discipline, we should be OK. Yet another challenge for Danny Cowley this weekend. Okay, then, in the final part of tonight's show, myself, Alex, and Reese will continue to preview tomorrow's League One meeting between Gilligan and Pompey, and we'll round off proceedings by reining in the score predictions. Let us know yours within the next 20 minutes or so. Head to expressfm.com to find out how you can get in touch if you don't know the bit details by now. Stay right where you are and don't miss the conclusion of tonight's programme. You're listening to Express FM. Stick around for the rest of the Pompey discussion here on the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM, driven to you by Stagecoach South. Need to get in and around the city without a fuss? Then hop on a Stagecoach bus. They provide cheap but reliable services across Portsmouth and beyond through Hampshire and across the South Coast too. Still to come over the next 15 minutes or so, the three of us are on hand to round off the preview of tomorrow's League One action and you have very little time to get your final messages into the panel tonight. Be sure to get in touch before seven with your score predictions for Pompey's trip to Gillingham this weekend. Text your name and message starting with the word express to 81400. Email Pompey at expressfm.com. Use at expressfm if you're on Twitter or on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash Pompey live. But before I bring Alex and Reese back into the conversation, I'm going to hand you over to Mason Jordan, who's got some more information on tomorrow's opponents, Gillingham. The Blues are in fine form, now eight games unbeaten following Tuesday's win at Lincoln. Can they extend that run to nine? Gillingham stand in the way this weekend. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. Match day number 20 here for Pompey, who have won each of the last five matches in all competitions without defeat since October the 19th. Danny Cowley's side are now just three points shy of the playoffs in League One. To cut that gap, they must get past a struggling Gillingham manager. 
future. Despite recent uncertainty surrounding his future at Priestfield, 59-year-old Steve Evans remains in charge of the Gilles. The former Rotherham and Leeds boss, who took to the helm in Kent on the 21st of May in 2019, has been subject to an approach from League Two outfit Stevenage, who are searching for a new boss. Gillingham turned Stevenage away to ensure they could not speak to Evans regarding the vacancy, and such the Gilles boss remains in the dugout for the visit of Pompey. Since taking over, Evans has recorded 41 wins from 124 competitive games with 40 draws and 43 defeats. One to watch. With Steve Evans missing a handful of his best players at the moment, veteran striker and former Blues forward John Akinde has been leading the line as of late. The 32-year-old, who represented Pompey 11 times without scoring in 2013, has a measly record of eight goals from 54 appearances since joining Gillingham last January. Akinde, who went on to play for Alfreton Town, Barnet and Lincoln City after his short stint at Fratton Park, will be the player wearing the number 15 shirt this weekend. Top scorer. 30-year-old forward Vidane Oliver is the side's leading scorer in League One with five strikes to his name since the start of the campaign. Oliver, who wears the number 19 shirt for the Gilles, has an overall record of 22 goals in 59 games for the club since signing from Northampton Town in the summer of 2020. The former Lincoln, York City and Morecambe striker did, however, pick up an injury in a one-all draw at Sheffield Wednesday a fortnight ago and isn't expected to return to action until late December. So it won't be a problem for the Blues this time around. Current form. Both sides head into the game with completely different runs of form behind them. Pompey head into match day 20 off the back of five consecutive wins in all competitions and eight games unbeaten. Whereas Gillingham haven't won a game since the 19th of October Coincidentally, the same day the Blues last tasted defeat. Since that midweek win over Doncaster, the Gills have drawn three and lost two in the league, whilst also being knocked out of both the FA Cup and EFL Trophy in that time frame too. That form has cost Gillingham dear. They are now 20th in the table and only one point clear of the relegation zone, with Shrewsbury in 21st holding a game in hand as well. Can Danny Cowley keep hold of the wheel and steer Pompey to a ninth match without defeat? Or will Gillingham pull off one of the shocks of the weekend? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. Thank you, Mason, for that closer inspection on the Gills, who the Blues will be coming up against this weekend. And uh, a little bit like Pompey, but probably a little bit worse off, uh, Reese Gillingham are missing a number of their so-called top performers this weekend uh, Alex McDonald and the Dane Oliver as mentioned within that segment they're both missing this weekend's action so very light in terms of squad selection for Steve Evans who in recent matches has had to actually dip into the academy to to actually fill a bench so as mentioned earlier in the show great opportunities for, for Pompey to extend their unbeaten run to nine in all competitions especially considering Gillingham's form Oh, 100%. I mean, you look at their form and you look at our form and how we've obviously beaten Wickham on the road recently, beaten Lincoln on the road recently. Uh, the two away matches to get four goals and uh, a clean sheet. Uh, oh, two clean sheets, sorry. Um, it, it, we're going into it literally with the perfect... Um, the it's just perfect. We were going into it perfectly. It, it it is all set up for us to win this game tomorrow, especially with their uh, uh, player situation as well. Um, all the uh, you know cards are in our hand, if you if you want to put it that way. Um, so we've really got to go there and just do the job, focus and 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 get the win essentially. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the boys in our park now. So we well we've just got to put it in the back of the net. Yeah, the the ball is in our court, definitely, it's Alex. Our court. Uh, it's same thing. It's definitely in our court. It's in our park. It's you know, it's in Pompey's hands tomorrow. Uh, Alex, as Reese has mentioned there, and everything is pointing towards a, a victory for the Blues. But do you know what? That's what scares me. That is what scares yeah, me. No. After before we've been on, and after the fact that Gillingham haven't won a game since the last time Pompey last <coughs> lost a game. We're going to Priestfield, arguably one of the worst away days of a season where we barely ever win, 
we all know what's going to happen. We're, we've been following Pompey for long enough to know that it's not going to end well for Pompey tomorrow. And that's not being negative. That's just the kind of curse that Pompey seemed to have when they played Gilligan. And that's just it, isn't it? You can never be confident as a football fan, no matter what your form is and, and no matter what their form is. And that's just the reality. And that's what makes the game so exciting. Um, I think as fans, we will think in that way. We think about our record at Gillingham. It's not a great away game. Um, I'm, I've chosen not to go to this one just because I don't enjoy it at Gillingham. It's not fun. It's the open stand. It's it, and the, the you know the, the area and the pre-match all that it's just not a particularly fun away game uh, if you don't even take into account the distance um, but if, from a player and management perspective that, that's not going to be in their minds they're going to be thinking completely we're in good form yeah, we know just we're another game this team they're yeah exactly they're, they're depleted as a, as, as a team all right we've got a couple of selection issues ourselves but we'll go there with confidence and leave leave the, the pessimism to the fans I think that's what that's, that's the essence of it really <laughs> A uh, few more messages to get through but before we do leave you in around five minutes' time. Stefan Mazlitsky on Twitter. Even here in warm and sunny California, we're hearing about the incoming storm in the United Kingdom. Any effect on the Pompey game? Stefan, uh, to my knowledge, not yet. Um, I know there's one going to be brewing overnight tonight and into the early hours of tomorrow morning. Hopefully it doesn't have any effect on Pompey's game at Gillingham tomorrow. Just to throw uh, more insults towards Pompey fans travelling to Priestfield, Matt. Nice open scaffolding away end. It's going to be pouring down with rain. So wear a coat. <sighs> Mick Ball on the emails. <laughs> Mick Ball uh, says, Hi guys, was very impressed uh, Tuesday night uh, the way they all played their socks off. Curtis was a man possessed. Uh, he was uh, playing our fans up. Uh, every challenge was aggressive and great to see. The only thing I would be worried about was Curtis is too aggressive and verbal but very passionate. Some rest will not have it and I can see him getting a few suspensions for the rest of the season. But that performance alone was superb. Thank you Mick for getting in touch on the emails. Jeff Harris is going for a 2-0 Pompey win this weekend and you mentioned just a moment ago Alex the dilemma Danny Cowley has tomorrow at Gillingham Sean Raggett we mentioned earlier in the show picking up his fifth yellow card of the season away at Lincoln on Tuesday night which leaves well no fit available centre-backs for tomorrow's trip to Gillingham because Clark Robertson is still expected to be out until the new year uh, Paul Downing's out with a calf injury who on earth do you go with at the back? We saw on Tuesday night a back three uh, with Kieran Freeman and Connor Ogilvy involved. Are we likely to see those two again deployed as centre-backs? I, I think it's really quite tricky. I do think we'll revert back to a back four. I'm not quite sure of the status of Lee Brown as well in terms of the full-backs. But I, I think we'll probably have to revert to a back four just because of the lack of, lack of centre-back options. I think if I were... If I were Danny Cowley, I know it's not necessarily his natural position, but I would drop Sean Williams in there alongside Ogilvy um, because you could then bring Louis Thompson into the middle alongside Joe Morrell. The fullbacks uh, aren't so much of an issue. However, Freeman did argue it was in a back three, not a two. There's more pressure on you when you're a centre-half and you're playing in a two. But he did show himself really, really well against um, against Lincoln and did put in a really good performance. So there, there, are, there are options there. There are options to, to replace Raggett in that position. It's just a case. I mean, we don't see the training. It depends on what Cowley's seen there as well. We'll just... Have to see what he goes with, and um, hopefully it'll, it'll come good. But I'm 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 not too worried. Lee Brown back from uh, suspension, available for tomorrow's game. Has not been reported by the club that he's injured, so hopefully available for selection to Danny Cowley. Marlon Romeo, of course, likely to line up uh, in that right back position. Just whether Danny Cowley opts for a two or a three in terms of centre backs. Uh, final email here from Gavin Jones. Good evening, Jake, Alex, and Reese. Well, how wonderful is it to finally be talking about a winning run? That being said, uh, am I not right in thinking that we? seem to do this every season we have a dodgy start leading to the supporters getting a bit of doom and gloom and talking about relegation battles mid-table mediocrity and then out of nowhere around Christmas we take off like a rocket you'd think we'd learn our lesson by now with regards to judging the team and the management too early in the season George Hurst, wow, such a better player starting games rather than coming off the bench. One final point, is there a sweeter sight than Marlon Romeo singing the chimes back at the fans at the end of the game? <laughs> if at all possible, I'd love for us to sign him on a permanent basis. Take care, gents. Thank you to Gav Jones on the emails. Right then, let's get those score predictions in, lads. Going to start off with you, Alex Pompey. We're at Gillingham tomorrow. What are you going for? I'm going to say 2-0. Um, I'm going to back up what I've just stated on, on, on Twitter. I'm going to say 2-0, Harness and Curtis to score. It maybe is a bit uh, ambitious to, to say a clean sheet with the back with the back line as it is, but no, I'm, I'm going to be confident. Two 0 away win, and I'll have three points. Thank you, Alex. And what about yourself, Reese? Can the Blues make it six wins in a row? 
Oh, it's a tough one, you know. But, I mean, the fans will be going there. There'll be a, that blowing wind. It's meant to be two or three degrees, I think. <laughs> so, they're going to need something to be happy about. And I'm going to say... 4-0 Pompey. Ooh, lovely stuff, Ooh. lovely stuff. My prediction, also a 2-0 Pompey win. Well, I'm afraid that's all we've got time for tonight. Alex Fletcher, thank you for calling in this evening. Cheers, Jay. Thanks very much for having me on. And thanks also to Reese Harding tonight. Reese, it's been a pleasure, mate. We'll catch up with you again soon, I'm sure. Thank you, and enjoy the game tomorrow. Oh, I certainly will. I certainly will, especially if it's 4-0, like you say. <laughs> OK, that may be it from the three of us this evening, but we've got even more football to get through over the weekend. The Blues head into match day 20 at Priestfield with a chance to extend their unbeaten run to nine in all competitions. Join us for all of the unmissable action here on Express FM. Myself and Henry Deacon will be live from Kent from 2pm tomorrow. Everything we do is passionately pumping. Fourth with a bound away yet again. This is... You want to believe it? Pompey Live. Pompey put three past Lincoln City to bring back the three points on Tuesday night. Coming up next for the Blues, another trip on the road. Join us for all of the unmissable action this Saturday from 2. It's Gillingham versus Pompey and we'll have all of the action right here on Pompey Live. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Myself and Henry Deacon setting off around 10am in Marco de Polo to head to Priestfield Stadium this weekend, where the Blues will be hoping to make it nine unbeaten in all competitions and six wins in a row. That would be great, wouldn't it? Just three points off the playoffs. So getting closer to that top six. Okay, coming up here on Express FM this evening, Connor Mosley is inviting you as a VIP to Portsmouth's biggest party on a Friday night with Express Floor Fillers after the news at 7. He's here until 9pm this evening where we've got nothing but great floor fillers all night long through to the early hours of Saturday morning. You can listen back to tonight's show at 4am tomorrow morning. If you're up and about at 4am, why not give us a listen back? You can join myself, Alex and Reese, for a replay of tonight's Football Hour to preview tomorrow's trip to Gilligan. You can also download tonight's episode from the Apple and Google podcast apps in around about half an hour's time. Emma Guinness is back from 8 with uh, Saturday Breakfast, playing musical features, local events, sport and travel. And Lily Park is returning from 11 through till 2 with Guilty Pleasures, a tiny quiz about the week's news and, of course, just great songs all afternoon long. And then, of course, it is the return of Pompey Live. Myself and Henry Deacon live from Priestfield with full coverage of Pompey's trip to Gillingham. Until then, Pompey fans, have a great evening, have a fantastic weekend and stay safe. Good night.